0: their seats, uh, let me just do a quick introduction so that we all know who is um, on this panel. My name is Steve, I am one of the elders here at Anthem Church and uh, serving on, on Tyron's team. Uh, this is Kathy, Dave's wife, from Columbus. Um, there's an incredible legacy and heritage, but can I also say just an incredible destiny that is represented by the folks on this team. Um, and I just want to take like 30 seconds as I introduce each of them just to honor uh, each of them and what the Lord is doing in their lives. Dave and Kathy, Dave's message was not just his, but it was Kathy's too. And often it's easy to, to um, applaud and, and kind of, Dave is an incredibly passionate man, but this woman is just as courageous as her husband. And uh, it's important for us just to acknowledge that. Dave, and Kathy have modeled a life of following the Lord and learning to say yes and at time, that yes sometimes means means a no to an opportunity for so many years Dave has been uh, working in in business at a very high high profile position and year after year he'd wanted to go into into full-time ministry and the Lord kept saying no and it's very and just recently the Lord opened the door for him to go full-time it's easy to celebrate that yes because everyone sees it. But he was just as obedient by staying in his position at work as he was by going full time. And that needs to be honored and recognized too. Hugh and Vanessa lead a church called Restoration. They planted uh, five years ago. Um, Hugh and Vanessa came, uh, came to what was church in the city in an apartment in Old Town in Chicago. They weren't married, they were dating at the time. He was the first guy to actually get saved in the church. And this couple are a couple of incredible courage. They were brought onto our eldership team at a time when people actually said to my face, we were making the wrong decision. And I want to say, they caught the heart of the Lord quicker than anyone, and I would make that decision a thousand times over. Joel is, it's so easy to acknowledge Joel as the son of Tyron and Nicole Daniel, but I want to just acknowledge Joel for who he is. Yes, there's an incredible heritage that comes from being part of the Daniel family, but this is a man in his own right who loves the Lord, who has got an incredible calling and destiny on his life, and is going to go far, yes, because of the ground that his parents have opened up for him and his grandparents. But because God is His hand is is on him, and I just want to acknowledge you as a man in your in your own rights with an amazing destiny. And then my friend Matt Phillip, Matt and Sheetal serve on the eldership team here at uh, at Anthem Church, and uh, God has used this man, this couple, in such an incredible way. Matt won't say this, but um, he serves on the board of one of the biggest healthcare groups in the country, and has been the 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 front, the kind of tip of the arrow for a lot of their COVID work. And it's so easy for someone to be involved in that from a very kind of technical work, medical aspect, but Matt has taken on that opportunity as a man of faith. And he has prayed through every significant decision that we will never know about, where corporations with billions of dollars have listened to this man, not because of the the natural wisdom that he brings, but he is faithful to go before the Lord every morning and to say, Lord, what would you have me say? What would you have me do? And because of that, I mean, I could sit here and tell you story after story of of courageous things that he's done where everyone else is saying no, and he said, I know this is right. And it's changed the trajectory of the company that he works for, and just an incredible man of faith. So you're in for a treat in the next kind of 25, 30 minutes as we navigate just the question around like, what, What? looking looking back, what have we learned? Looking forward, what can we anticipate the Lord wants us to do in this season? The Bible talks about David being surrounded by mighty men who understood the times and they knew what to do. And we're not just, we're not just interested in understanding the times. That, that's helpful. It's good to understand the times. But the real key is, like, what do we do? Like, let's not just understand the times. But, Lord, what do you want us to do? What is it that you are wanting us to do in this season. As Dave said, like uh, uh, obedience, that's that's where the kingdom is advanced, as we say yes to the Lord, even if it doesn't make sense. And and, and that's something of what we're gonna try and discern and hear uh, today. So uh, I'm gonna ask each of you just to share initially just some general reflections on things that, looking back, we'll look forward in a moment, but just looking back, things that you've learned in, in the last 18 months. And maybe if I can say most specifically, what have you felt the Lord say? What have you felt the Lord say to you over the last 18 months as you as you look back? Uh, who wants Joel? You look like you're ready to start. So,
1: yeah, I mean, hey, it's an amazing privilege to even just be able to speak, and if I say one thing, it's an amazing privilege to be able to do that. But I think I, I do want to say first and foremost that we are not experts at all, man. We are. We are in this as is everyone else, and if you think you're an expert in this room, trust me that <laughs> you are not. None of us are experts, but but I would say I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned personally, just in, in, in light of everything, and coming to this point in my life in the last 18 months, is, is the reminder of the unchanging nature of Christ. I mean, and, and we... we we talk about that and we know that so well. We know that text in, in Hebrews 13 that just says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But I think it clicked for me so much more when, when you realize, and we all, it, we all went through it, that the entire world, it, in, in one instant, the whole world changed. Everything, every part of, every part of our lives changed. And so for me, I think the biggest lesson has been that Jesus hasn't changed in and through that. That Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And though the world and culture is ever-changing, we have a never-changing king who we get to cling to. He's, he's never changing in his, in his personality. He never wakes up and has a bad day. He's never changing in his promises. They never change. He's never changing in his personality and in his power. His power is the same—the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It lives in us, and he, hes never changing in his position. That he's seated at the right hand of the Majesty of Heaven, in and through every season, no matter what we face. And so, for me, I think that's—that's that's been a, a huge key: is is holding on to that, have, making sure that my faith is in someone like that who's never changing. It's much easier to to go through this crazy life, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. But it's much easier to to live out this life in a holy way, knowing that we are contending to Jesus as the unchanging one. And so for me, that's been a a huge lesson.
2: Hi, um, I think for me, It was several things, but we were just um, a little bit, we were three years into our plant. um, And so we were kind of at that point where we had positioned ourselves to kind of take off and we had been told by whoever that you're at the three year mark and it's now you're gonna take off, you know, and then everything shut down. And I know everyone has horrible, sad stories, but that was ours and we were just like so devastated um, to have everything shut down and just wondering why. Like, why did we do this? Why did we do this? I mean, we were really like, why did we do this? And now we have to record music. And now we have to record preaching. All these things that we did not want to do and never thought, you know, that's not why we planted. Um, So we had to uh, ask those tough questions. I know Tyron preached on it last night. But I felt like God really used the time to deepen our conviction and that's what he did. You know, we didn't, we didn't like it, but like to deepen our conviction of what we were doing and why that he actually had called us, he solidified the calling um, on our lives to, to plant and why we were doing it was in obedience to him and in trusting him and just from love for him. So that was probably the biggest uh, takeaway. There were so many more, but that was the biggest for me.
3: Awesome. awesome. Matt? The biggest, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Um, to the team back there, appreciate that. Um, but I, I think uh, the biggest thing that I realized is that what God is doing in the church also exists in the whole world. Yeah. Like the things that he releases here and vice versa, they, it translates. Yeah. And I think when um, what, what I saw personally was that we needed big faith for our building project. And everyone told us, I mean, not everyone, maybe some of you didn't tell us this, but, but that we were crazy for trying to, a church our size to try to build a project, like have a building project. And, and then COVID hit, and then they were like, see, we told you this was crazy, you know? And we needed that strength and courage that Dave talked about, and that God will give you opportunities, he'll open doors for you, and, but you need the strength and courage to walk through that door. And, um, and then that's, that's what kind of led to some of the, the COVID opportunities that we were talking about is when they asked me to start doing consulting, I was like, well, you know, I'm not an infectious disease doctor, and why are you asking me? And it was for these like business titans and owners of professional sports teams and former governors and things of that nature. And I was like, me? Why, why are you asking me to do this? And, but I remembered that the gift of faith that God released for the building project, and I, I drew from that well yeah. that he had already dug. And I was able to say yes otherwise I would have said no mm-hmm. and that to to not be afraid to use the gifts and the the, yeah. the teachings that like what what Dave and Paul and and um, TK and Tyron have preached on like that translates to all aspects of your life Very good. Very it's good. it's not just don't put it in a compartment in here because mm-hmm. when shaking comes that's God sees opportunity mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah we also I mean I I agree with, I think, with, with what we're all saying. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice has disappeared. So if I sound funny, it's just because I don't have a voice. Um, we, one thing we've learned looking back is that people who stood strong in the church were those that were connected through COVID, and they remain connected. And something that we learned, and something now that's actually a strategy for us as a team is life groups. You know, the the saying, I don't know if you've heard, you know, a small church in a big building. So no matter what our size is, no matter how many campuses, whatever we do, our strategy now is life groups because people need connection. We don't know what's going to happen next month. We don't know what's going to happen next election. We don't know. And so having this community where you can be, where you can be heard, where you can use your, your voice can be heard, where you can minister, where you can be loved on is what brought... Is what's gonna carry us through um, whatever happens next. Because I don't think I don't think the enemy is necessarily stopping. And I'm not preaching doom and gloom. It's the Bible says as we, we can see it. As soon as there's like a rise of evil in the world, God's spirit gets pulled out immensely. And so there is a revival coming. There is people we just hearing what was being said today, just like a refreshment in our hearts, a re-envisioning, getting out there. We need people to come and have a place to be. There's people who come to our life groups that aren't even a part of the church. And so it's a, it's a vehicle for discipleship. It's a vehicle to reach others. It's one of the many. Um, and another thing that we learned is people aren't interested in fluff. We want the authentic. And for us at 614, everything we do stems out of people coming and experiencing God in an authentic way. So having an authentic encounter with Jesus, with everything that we do. And so when you don't have a building, and we were kicked out of the school, we were meeting in a school, we were kicked out, and we didn't have a building. And funny enough, we were one of the few states that actually the governor never shut churches down. We just didn't have um, a building because uh, schools were shut down and we bought a building in COVID, which was yeah, called stupid, but it was a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we met in a building that was full of dust and everything, but everything is not, and what I'm saying is not the building is not the place. And I know we've said that a few times. It's authentically encountering the living God. And we do that here in your building. You do that in the lobby when people are coming in. You do that in the car park teams. You do that on your, in the street, in your homes, and everything. And so I think COVID has just just gotten rid of all the junk that we thought we all needed. So good.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, it's been said, the building is not, not the issue. Just a funny story, though. Like, um, the Lord started our building journey in 2016, <laughs> and we moved in in 2021. So that was like five years and then Dave and Kathy started their journey in like six months before they bought the building, so their journey was like six months. And then Hugh and Vanessa bought a building, and their journey was about six weeks or so. So um, for some reason, there seems to be this multiplication of buildings, um, which Keep it
4: coming. Keep it
0: coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just as we um, as we continue the conversation around things learned, I, um, I think. I think um, I always say to myself and to our church that every challenge that we go through is an opportunity for us to learn some things. We can learn about ourselves, uh, we can learn about others, but most importantly, we learn about God. Um, one of the things I've just felt the Lord say to me is a, a text out of Judges chapter six where, where, uh, where the angel of the Lord comes to send Gideon. And he says to, to Gideon as he's cowering in the winepress, go in the strength that you have which is so liberating, isn't it? Like, go in the strength that you have. That which you have, go in that strength. What it, like, in other words, what's in your hands? Yeah. And then he says, because I am sending you. Yeah. And I used to read that because I am sending you. Yeah. The point is the doing, it's the sending. Yeah. And just recently, God's been helping me understand it's because I am sending you. The I is actually the the focal point. It's the character and the nature of God that gives us strength. It's not the doing that gives us strength. It's the character and nature of God that gives us strength. So my question to each of you is, can you talk a little bit about what if, not so much the strategies and the things to do, but what have you learned about God? What have you learned about God's nature, God's character uh, through, through, through this time? Yeah, okay.
3: Thanks. Um, the, <laughs> no, I, I think I've just learned that um, uh, God's plans are always higher than your plans. Yeah. It, it's like I, I something I struggle with is like false humility, it, of trying to like be like, oh no, that's too big for me, or not dreaming big or not thinking big, being like, just I want to be content with what I have. But actually, what it was was me being complacent in where I've been, yeah. right? And so that's not that's not honoring to God. Like I've never, I've never read a story that I remember where there wasn't like a big challenge or a big risk, and someone didn't have to take a step of faith or courage. Those are the stories that are compelling. They stick with you, and they're part of your destiny. And if you think too small, if you don't see the bigness of God's plans and kingdom, then you'll never step into the fullness of your call.
1: It's good, Matt. Um, Yeah, I think, again, what I said earlier was kind of in light of that question more. I guess I'm prophetic in (laughs) in that sense. No, I'm kidding. But um, I think another thing is, I think I've seen in this season more than ever is how important intimacy with Jesus really is. You know what I mean? It was like when, we used to always say when if we just had more time we would spend it with Jesus and then we had all the time in the world and most of us didn't spend it with Jesus and i i and i i mean can i be honest i don't think i was perfect in that way either there were times i should have spent more time with Jesus but i'm learning that lesson that the intimacy with Christ it, it comes before anything else and and I just felt just the, the Spirit say this to me a while ago, is that we need consistency of intimacy. You know what I mean? It's not this one-off, this one infilling, and then we're good for a month, two months, a, a week. It's like this daily devotion to have consistent intimacy with Jesus. And for me, that has just been a huge thing. And then the other thing is just the, how, how God is all-knowing. He really is. I, I mean, what's the is it Omniscient. What's that? Is that how you say it? We're not French, are we? <laughs> is that how you, say it? okay, however Hannah says it. You, you guys know what I mean, that, that God is all knowing. Yeah. And man, it's like in this, in, in everything, we don't have any of the answers. Going forward, we don't have a lot of the answers, but we've come back to what really matters. There's been this reset sure. in the church, and God, we can see in hindsight, looking back 18 months, how much has God used this for his glory? Even in us, I, th- I think in my own life, and I'm sure for you in your, own, in your life too, it's like we've come back to what really matters. Yeah. And if we didn't have this season that we've just had, maybe we would have never learned the lessons that we needed to learn. And so I am so, I mean, I'm encouraged and I praise Jesus that on this side of eternity, he has revealed everything that he's revealed to us, that he's all-knowing, that he knows what's best. Good. He's the creator. He's divine. He he has a plan. He, his ways are higher than the ways the Bible says. And, and for me, just remembering that, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose.
2: I, uh, if you know me, I love, so a lot of what Dool said, just God's unchanging nature is what I hung on to. If you know me, I grew up in a very political family and I love my country. Like, I love my country so much. I'm so patriotic. So to see what happened, like, the tearing apart of people and just our country, um, it broke me to the core. And I think that I had to take so much of my faith off of my own country and my own government and just realize that God was actually what I was hanging on to. And he was actually my rock. Um, That was a huge shift, you know. So God, I was just, you know, just... I do love my country so much, though. (laughs) But it's not my rock. Uh, And then the intimacy thing that Joel said, I mean, God just was so good through all of it, and he provided for all of the people in our church. He just provided and took care of everybody. And when other people were not being taken care of, God just kept constantly showing us his goodness by they didn't lose jobs or they even got jobs. God just kept providing. Um, He's so good. And he will always give us what we need, always yeah. for today. He always gives us what we need for now. And that was just an amazing revelation that came out of it.
0: Awesome.
4: Very good. Yeah, I don't know quite now what to add because yeah, faithfulness of God, the intimacy and just leading us and I think for us too is just this constant need of being in his presence. That it's not, experiencing God's presence is not on a Sunday morning at whatever time you start, when the worship starts. That's when God's presence is. It's like we walk in His presence with us and knowing who we are in Him. And how do you, we were like, well, how do you keep doing that when your small group is on the other side of Zoom and how do you do that when you're looking at your camera and just realizing that you are not omnipresent. He is omnipresent. And you just, you know, you're just creating a space even though it was whatever it was. And that what that did is taught us taught within the church that Sunday life group worship night is not where you come to experience God's presence. It's one of the few Living in his presence yeah. is what we need.
0: So yeah, Tyrone picked up picked it up picked up on it on the first night that the Lord was releasing us from things. And Joel kind of touched on it. How tragic would it be if the Lord had released us from so many things to now suddenly start picking them up again? Yeah. Things that the Lord hasn't called us to, and out of a sense of striving, out of a sense of needing to perform again, that we start picking up those things. Yeah, okay. I, I felt uh, that, that verse out of Psalm 51, where yeah. David says to the Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Yeah. You know, I, I, used to, I used to think David wrote, restore to me the joy of my salvation, huh. and it's not what the Bible teaches, but I think that's sometimes what we think, that Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation, but it's not my salvation, it's the salvation of the Lord. The Lord's given me salvation as a gift. And when we understand that, we understand it's his grace, it's his mercy, it's his kindness, it's his promises, it's his call, it's his plan, it's his anointing. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Help me to hide back inside you, Jesus, instead of running off and doing all these things that I think I need to do in order to impress you. All right, so let's look forward. We've got, uh, we've got 10 minutes or so. Let's look forward. So... What are, what are the opportunities? What are the, what, are the, what are the things the Lord is stirring your respective hearts? Opportunities for, for um, the advancing of God's kingdom. Let's, let's hear what the Lord is saying.
1: I am extremely encouraged and excited and challenged all at the same time by everything that's been shared this week and even what all you guys are saying. And I think looking forward, it is staying focused on what God's called us to focus on. It's like we've been saying that there's been this reset, that God's reset and the things that we didn't need have been broken off. And as Steve has said, we can't be so quick to put these things, we should never put them on again. And I think for me it's coming back to what really matters, reminding ourselves of that daily. It is Jesus, our master, it's the mission, right? The great commission that that is what we need to contend for. It's gospel to all nations. It's the kingdom of heaven. It's all these things. These are the things that matter. It's the gospel. We need to give our lives to these things. And can I even say that it also is, is the vision of local churches? And I mean, we I've been hit with this like the past few weeks, but, but I, I wanna encourage everyone here, and especially the young people, and i mean that's everyone in this room right but for everyone here but especially the young people i want to encourage you guys i mean if you're not involved in a local church you've got to get involved and invested in a local church it's it's god's design it's the way he's intended it to be and it's how you grow but get involved in a local church and find out as soon as you possibly can what the vision is of that church you you have to find it out and And what we believe about vision is that God creates vision, right? It's not people that create the vision of a church, it's God that creates the vision of a local church. But it's the the lead elder, it's the visionary pastor, however you wanna call it, that casts out the vision of that church. But it's all the people, it's all the saints who carry out the vision of the church. And so for me, with my two elders sitting in the front row, I wanna be someone, as a young person especially, who has has a little less responsibility than older people, don't have children, not married, not an elder in a local church, none of that stuff, but someone who's got the time, the energy, the capacity, the commitment to be able to go to my leaders and say, guys, what is the vision of this church from God, and how can I carry that out 100% with everything that I am? And so I want to encourage and challenge everyone here. If you don't know the vision of your local church, if you're leading the church, please sit before God and figure out what the vision of your local church is. But if, if you are just within a local church, not leading that church, go to the person who's leading that church and say, what is the vision of our church and how can I carry that out better? And so I think it's that thing of just contending for, for, for the vision of, of what God has for each and every church in itself?
3: So I have to run to a meeting soon, so I'll go next. Um, so sorry, sorry about that. It's about COVID, so it transitions nicely. So it's, 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 it's fine. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. But, um, but yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think the thing that I would see is put God first. Just put him first. That whatever the good thing you think you have in your life, Without God, it would be torture. It would be miserable. Like, it, there's, there's no joy. There's no hope in it. Yeah. There's no treasure aside from God. Mm-hmm. And, but with him, all things are beautiful, yeah. you know? My marriage would be in shambles if it wasn't for God. My parenting would be a disaster if it wasn't for God. My career, yeah. it would not exist, right? None of, none of those things, you know, obviously, all of, all of my involvement in church and things of that nature. And what I saw is that, but then if he's for you, then who can be against you? And when I was first called to, to give this talk, I was like, well, God, I, I don't know what I'm gonna say to these people. And, he, you know, they seem like pretty important people or something like that. I didn't even know who I was talking to. It was, cause it was COVID, it was like a blind call. And um, I was like sweating bullets and, and I, there's not like reading you can do about this. I was like sc- combing through news reports and all of those kinds of things. And 30 minutes before the call, I was like, God, I, what, all my scrambling last night to try to figure this out, like got me nowhere. And I was like, God, if I don't hear from you, like, I, I have nothing. And he gave me three things. You know, he said um, that this was going to become a pandemic. It hadn't been declared a pandemic. He said that there was going to be a travel ban, um, which hadn't happened yet. And then the mortality rate wasn't 3% or 4% of people dying. It was 0.3 to 0.4% of people dying. Wow. And then, so I gave my talk. Shakily, my voice was cracking a little bit and my lip was quivering. And then um they couldn't see it though so it was on uh, was on the phone call so it was okay and yeah and then yeah he he blinded them to it so thank you for that lord Uh, and then that night the world health organization declared it a pandemic two days later president trump said it was a travel ban and then three three months later um the mortality rate was 0.3 or 2.4 percent and and then god has been guiding through that and so he's been just sharing like hey this is what's going to happen that's what's going to happen and this is going to happen and it's created opportunities, but not just opportunities, but then some of those people, I've gotten to talk to them about Jesus yeah. and witness them. It's like, hey, this is my faith. This is where I'm getting my faith. Like, because then it, if I don't share about where I'm getting it from, then it's for my glory. It's yeah. not for him. So, so put God first. And with that, I'm going to drop the mic.
1: <laughs> I <caught> it.
0: <laughs> That's a classic drop the mic and walk off the stage right there. I mean, Vanessa or Kathy, either one.
4: I, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just have your why as those leading, um, leading your church, but also in your own life, have your why, because I don't think anything's going to necessarily, I think we're always going to get, you know, everybody has an opinion on how you should live your life and what you should do and how you should lead your church, but you've got to have your why and stick to it. And yeah, just the courageousness of following the Spirit.
2: Um, I think just it's an adventure with God. You know, I just feel like we're on it. I honestly feel like the sky's the limit now because I think once we had so many things taken from us and so much of our security just robbed from us, instead of being afraid and worrying about tomorrow, I feel more adventurous and like uh, the sky's the limit. God, we're on an adventure with God. So instead of being afraid and held back, Let's adventure with God and see that there's so many opportunities and all the things we were putting our trust in actually weren't worth our trust and our faith and they weren't going to hold us. So it should be exciting. Exciting opportunities, adventure with God, uh, move forward that way instead of embracing this crazy, fearful culture that we're in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's pray. That's a wonderful way just to, just to lend this morning. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for... Uh, That truth, Lord, that if you are for us, who can be against us, Lord? That wonderful, uh, just the sense of enlargement that has been coming through this entire weekend, Lord, that as we surrender, as we yield ourselves, as we submit ourselves to you, Lord, as we sacrifice ourselves before you, Lord, we, we know that it's you that raises us up, it's you that opens up opportunities, it's you that throws open the doors wide, Lord God, and, and we just pray, Father, for such a sensitivity of heart here, Lord God, to be able to hear your word, to be able to hear you uh, uh, speaking, to be able to uh, sense your leading, Lord, that, that, that picture uh, that TK gave, Lord God, of, of, of our hand in your mighty right hand. Lord God, your mighty right hand that's, that can push back nations, your mighty right hand that has, that has overthrown death and destruction, that is, has that is rendered the devil, uh, 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 Lord, defeated. Thank you that it, that it is that right hand that grabs hold of ours. And we, we commit ourselves. We, we declare, Lord Jesus, we wanna follow. We wanna follow wherever you will take us, whatever you would ask us to do. Lord, uh, that, that word that Mary gave the servants in, in John 2, do whatever he tells you to do. Lord, may that be our heart. May that be our commitment. May that be our response. But Lord, even that, not, not from a place of obligation, not from a place of we, we kind of have to, no, from a place of devotion, from a place of, of, of devotion to you because we've been with you, because we trust you, because we love you because you first loved us thank you for everything that you've done this morning lord god holy spirit just would you would you just settle the word of god on our hearts this, right now those things that you want us to go away with just settle those things on our hearts right now thank you lord Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.